related to human rights and social justice. We're able to honor independent voices with your ongoing support, so please become a member of WHIV today by going to whivfm.org and click donate. All donations to WHIV are tax deductible, and we are very grateful for them because it helps us keep independent and dissenting voices like ours on air. At WHIV, we're not a radio station with a mission. We are a mission with a radio station. So please, let's end all wars. We have a couple of quick announcements. The New Orleans Regional Leadership Institute, also called Norley, will be hosting their Fusion Conference on November 1st in downtown New Orleans. This year's conference will provide a nonpartisan platform to discuss sustainability and climate change. It includes national and local speakers who will discuss everything from environmental justice to pro-climate economic development. Registration includes lunch and a reception to register. And for more information, uh, you can go visit norleyfusion.com. That's N-O-R-L-I fusion.com. Also, we are incredibly pleased and honored uh, to acknowledge support for 102.3 WHIV that comes from the New Orleans Jazz Museum and their latest exhibit, Drumsville. The evolution of the New Orleans beat will be kicking off with an opening reception on Thursday, November 8th at 6 p.m. This is free and open to the public, featuring live, I'm sorry, (laughs) featuring local food, not live food. (laughs) It'll be featuring local food and live music. Drumsville explores the origins and evolution of our city's unique drumming traditions and highlights iconic local drummers, both past and present, from Baby Dodds to Johnny Vodakovich. So please visit nolajazzmuseum.org to RSVP. And we're very happy to announce that Get Check, Get Fit, Get Moving starts right now. Happy Thursday. Welcome to Get Check, Get Fit, Get Moving. I'm your host, Dr. Eric Griggs. I'm here with actually my co-host, <laughs> Dr. Mark Allen Derry. Hey wow, ho, dude. let's go. Yeah, hey ho, let's go. We are rocking and rolling. You know, it's it's rainy outside, man. Like, dude, like everybody's sinuses I know that I've talked to this morning, they're having issues. And they don't understand the, the relationship between the rain and their sinuses. And when I start using words like barometric pressure and pressure dropping, just understand that when cold air meets wet air, it makes rain. It causes a drop in the pressure outside. As the pressure drops outside, it drops in your head. As the pressure drops in your head, things respond. Uh, and things, if you can imagine, things inside of a vacuum being sucked out and the walls being sucked in, it's the same thing that kind of happens with your sinuses. They expand and swell inside your, your head, and you feel it. Sometimes you can hear it. You can, you can feel it. And if membranes break, uh, as membranes break in your body, like in your nasal cavities, anytime there's injury, your body wants to respond. So it has to expand the blood vessels, and things have to come out, try to repair them, which means that it's going to be a lot more injury and potential for, I'm so good with cornea infections, the potential, uh, cornea transition, potentials, shut up, man, uh, potentials for infections as there are breaks in membrane. <laughs> How was that? How was you that? know, I, I always say that I learned so much, from, and I hate admitting <laughs> this publicly, but I always learned so much from Doc Greg. So I, I never, you know, because he has such a unique way of explaining things, and that is an excellent way. I've never thought about 
the idea of uh, right of uh, atmospheric pressure. Obviously, and it, as soon as you said it, I was like, "Duh! How did I miss out on that my whole medical career?" But yeah, and you're right; it does set up a potential for infection. But I just also want to make sure that we also understand that the, that the infections that occur in these situations are go. more likely to occur from viruses. There we go. Overwhelmingly occurring by viruses and not necessarily occurring by antibiotic. Um, no, Uh-oh. by bacteria. <laughs> and the, the reason why I just said antibiotics, because that's where my brain was going, uh, is because um, you don't necessarily need, in fact, you definitely do not need antibiotics in the setting of viral infections. So, Doc, I'm again, I'm going to go with this corny transition, but it's... In, I'm just putting it right by the rim. If you can't dunk this one, that you must have went to, you must have went to USC or <laughs> one of those subpar Definitely athletic day, schools. Right? Uh, but I'm gonna put it right by the rim for you. So, can explain to us the difference between a bacterial infection and why that needs antibiotics in a viral infection? I, just so our listeners understand. Sure, sure, sure. Put it in so, UCLA terms. I mean, I mean USC or. Michigan so, or Miami uh, or whoever. Right, University of Michigan, right? Yeah. <laughs> so uh, viruses are actually uh, uh, not treatable entities. Uh, and the way that antibiotics work... That sounds fatal. Like, they're just not treatable? Yeah, you there's can't, I mean, nothing there's, that we can do? Well, there's the only virus that we can actually do something about is hepatitis C, which oh, is really? really actually... And that's a, that a conversation for a different show. Griggs, honestly. did you throw it by the rim again? No, go yeah. ahead. <laughs> so, uh, you know, but when you look at viruses like HIV or Ebola or Rift Valley Fever, all these other viruses a cold? Uh, a cold virus these are not curable uh, germs and so uh, the the reason why they're not curable is just that we don't have the the technology to disrupt how these germs work the viruses mm-hmm. so there is no cure for these we can we can treat them symptomatically now bacteria on the other hand have cell walls and uh, we are able to disrupt the cell walls and the mechanism of the cell wall with antibiotics. And that's essentially what penicillin and penicillin-like derivatives do is they either interrupt the uh, production of a cell wall or they also interrupt the, 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 the DNA or, uh, of the bacteria itself. But the bottom line is that there are no medications that cure viruses, with one notable exception being hepatitis C. But the rest of the viruses, like the cold viruses or the viruses that you would get with sinuses, are completely non non-treatable Sinuses. all right so doctor I'm, I'm gonna i'm gonna stay here for a minute again just to give you a prelude to the play uh, okay the play we're gonna be talking a lot it's that time of year last year we lost 51 the year before last we lost fifty one thousand people to the flu last year we lost eighty thousand eighty thousand si- in the whole country in, in the whole country and 1600 here in louisiana but that's man that's a 60 percent increase uh we went from fifty thousand to eighty thousand in one year so it was really really bad uh we've talked Funny, this is deja vu. We've talked on other shows and in other settings about... And we will continue to do so. <laughs> what might be down the line. I want to talk about, before we build up to the, the, the pandemic stuff, I want to talk about how essential it is to watch... What's, pa- what's a pandemic? Pandemic is a thing, a worldwide epidemic, a worldwide breakout of flus and things that kill people. This is... Man, that was a great... Oh, he threw it right back in the room. This is the, the, the year, and I'm going to throw it right back. This is the actual the anniversary, the 100-year anniversary of the Spanish flu. Uh, the Spanish flu wiped out one in seven people uh, at the time. And you know what, Doc, I think I know 
know someone in the room that might know a little bit more about it than me. Go figure. <laughs> Your turn. So just to be clear, we, we refer to it as the Spanish flu. It was not necessarily, it had nothing to do with Spain. <laughs> Nobody wanted it. it. it essentially, the, it was called the Belgium flu. They kicked it over to the French. The French called it. it the Swiss flu. I, I don't want it, man. <laughs> and then the uh, finally, it, 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 the Spaniards got left holding the... Uh, got stuck with it. Right, got stuck with it. So that had nothing to do with Spain. It was, it was called the Spanish flu. It had nothing to do with Spain. It was actually a worldwide pandemic and so as i was teasing dr What's a griggs pandemic? as i was teasing dr griggs a pandemic is basically an epidemic on global uh, uh proportions and so this flu virus and i i refer to it as the flu virus of 1918 mm -hmm. was an extraordinary uh was an extraordinary uh, virus uh with respect to the fact that it touched pretty much every single person on this globe and what was the statistic that you used so everyone that's alive right now has a third degree relative that died from that flu uh and that's I'm remarkable yeah if anybody can name them i'd appreciate it you know why you can't name them because they're dead jesus God. i'm just saying <laughs> They For, died. Forgive my, uh, for, forgive the uh, uncouthness. <laughs> That's not uncouthness. <laughs> Doesn't get any more real than that. Community. So I just did a PSA about syphilis, and I said on the PSA, syphilis can kill you. Ask your doctor about syphilis. I don't care. What it, whatever it takes to get your attention to sure. get you the conversation, it sure. can. It sure. can. Syphilis there, does kill. How many of our famous artists that we know of that died of syphilis? There was a there was a mad disease. People go crazy in their sixties and not know why. Right. There's no such thing as a zit. Down there, but we will. I digress. I digress. <laughs> you were saying about the pandemic. <laughs> Come on, Doc. Work with me. Work with me. <laughs> I'm trying to. But make it's true. There's no zit, man. There's no such thing as a zit. Do not put any clearasil down there. And just because right, it goes Griggs, away, stop. I mean, I'm just saying. <laughs> Don't get me started. All right, it's time. Ask your doctor about syphilis. Anyway, um, Doc, the, no flu, down there. the flu of 19, Doc, Doc Griggs is correct. We are at 100 years. When I actually first started medicine, I actually was, and people were still alive that were in the 1918 epidemic, uh, um, that were still alive in the epidemic. Okay. Um, they were still alive during the 1918 epidemic. It was very clear uh, that uh, they had very strong memories of that time. In that time that they were alive, they would oftentimes talk about the that great flu epidemic is the time when uh, it was a very dark time. A lot of people uh, were dying. Uh, they didn't know what the flu was at the time, actually. They had the name, the flu, but they didn't, that was, we, we refer to the flu now as a virus. They didn't know what viruses were. There was no way of seeing a virus. Uh, uh, they barely understood the concept of germs at the time, to be perfectly honest. Sorry. Uh, they barely understood the concept of germs at the time. And uh, in fact, what caused the flu at the time, they had thought was a bacteria that was actually now known as Haemophilus influenza. Uh, and uh, at that time, uh, so the, the, the 1918 flu epidemic really did a uh, amazing uh, job of being able to uh, effectively kill a lot of people. Uh, and uh, of course, at that time, I'll get it in a second. I, of course, I'll get it. Of course, at that time, there was no. You gonna get the flu? Well, no, because I've been vaccinated. Yeah, okay, all right. <laughs> Actually, I haven't been vaccinated yet, but I will be vaccinated uh, very soon. Uh, and in fact, I had the pleasure yesterday of vaccinating uh, the 
the great mayor of, of New Orleans, uh, and uh, and that was a, an amazing opportunity to do so. If you see the pictures of the press release, she's actually smiling as the needles pressed into her <laughs> arm. And the reason is, is because at the time that I was about to give her the injection, I said, my, my wit may be sharp, but my touch is dull. Oh, man. <laughs> Doc, do you know the owner of this station? Can we cut his mic? Can somebody cut him off? Please. Doc Briggs, oh. who, who just joined oh, us? Oh, man. We, wow, wow. Who just, a, a, a loyal and awesome Irish fan, first of uh, all. So no more of that Notre Dame important. wise quack. Don't start it in here. Outnumbered, Dr. Derry. We, we have to, uh, Dr. Jennifer Avegno, uh, the health director for the city of New Orleans. Uh, Such a pleasure. Awesome. Always, always, always a pleasure. And I just want to make sure that you get a picture of you. See that, right? <laughs> I look see at that. that. Yeah, all right. If you didn't know, now you know. Get your Irish mind right, okay? That, <laughs> and that N and D stands for... Oh, that's Notre Dame. Oh, I thought, oh, for a second, oh, I thought it was North oh, Dakota. Oh. <laughs> they stole our logo. So just like we told you, it is flu and virus season. Doc apparently has some kind of viral amnesia. I don't know what it is. Some kind of viral exanthem. But I promise, he, by the time we finish this today, he'll know exactly where he needs to be. Doc Griggs is giving me everything from zits to now. He just gave me a rash with a viral exanthem. <laughs> so I appreciate all the things that you're giving me today. So so what we're talking about, we're talking about the flu. This is the 100-year anniversary of the flu. Uh, there are some stats that we shared uh, that you gave me, actually, uh, that the numbers went up uh, last year. From last year, 80,000 people uh, nationwide died of the flu. Uh, this started with me throwing a lob uh, to someone that might be an infectious disease doctor talking about <laughs> the difference between uh, viruses and bacteria. Yeah. And, and now he pauses. Now, well, I didn't realize that was the cue for me. I thought you saying, were setting up something for Dr. That, no, I'm, I'm, I'm getting there. I'm All getting right. there. But we want to talk about what's important. Like what um, what are we going to be looking for this year as far as the flu? People really take it for granted. They do. And and I think there's this idea that the flu is not serious, right? right. Most of us at some point in our life might have had the flu or a version of the flu. And we thought, well, sure, I was miserable for a couple of days. But, you know, I got better and it was no big deal. But what we're not realizing is that the flu does kill. And, and we learned that lesson really hard last, last year. year. Um, because the flu strain changes every year, and sometimes we're well protected for it, sometimes we're not. And last year was one of those years, and we saw people die. And it wasn't just elderly people or people who were sick or had some kind of underlying disease, although they are always vulnerable to the flu. It was children. It was young healthy people who didn't have a medical problem yeah. at all got sick and within days were dead so right. it, it's serious right i think one of the main problems is uh is that w we use the word flu so loosely to just you know people will say i had the flu and they really just mean they had a cold right. or they had an influenza like illness and and so that i think that's a place where people get confused is that they just drop the word flu so easily right. when they actually really mean to say they had an upper respiratory infection or they had a cold they didn't actually have the flu right. so interestingly i said so tomorrow morning on fox we're going to do a story on the spanish flu and we're mm -hmm. going to talk about everything we're talking about now I'm bringing in a guy that, uh, a, a community member that survived the flu. Uh, literally, he almost died. He had 16, wow. it was a 16 day uh, course. Wow. Uh, and before, prior to that, he was adamantly against a flu shot. But he <laughs> specifically asked, Doc, can you please, can y'all give me a flu shot tomorrow at the station? <laughs> so tomorrow, some 
guy. Right, go yeah, figure. we got to talk about this because I got to yeah. get make sure we have enough. Uh, we got to. I got to bring. Uh, yeah, let's talk about it. Bring yeah. at least two. It's, it's okay. so, so he's gonna. Uh, Doctor Daria is gonna vaccinate uh, our community member, and I'm gonna get my flu shot on the awesome. on the air. But I want to more importantly than that, um, I'd like to have a real. And this is what I love is when we're in this setting, so people can listen to what we really say. How do we tell people the difference between a flu-like illness and the flu? What are the symptoms of the well, flu? Well, it's funny. We have a uh, ER doctor sitting right. with us right Dude, now. When so. I put him by the rim, just watch, right. baby. I got it. So, <laughs> we got so it. It going perfect. back to both of your points about cold versus flu, right? So the average American gets several colds a year, right? Mm -hmm. And that's when you wake up and you kind of feel cruddy and you got maybe a runny nose or a sore throat, maybe a headache, maybe a little bit of low-grade fever. You might be sneezing, maybe a little bit of cough. And those are caused by viruses as well, but they're different viruses. They're mm -hmm. not the flu virus, influenza. And so typically, you know, those last a couple of days, maybe a week or longer, but you're not incapacitated. You're not completely knocked out. A, a Z-Pack usually helps with those, right? No, Dr. <laughs> oh, man. Look. Oh, my See, gosh. my cousin got three of them, them Z-Pack pills right. left, and I'm going to just take three of them no. and then make me feel better. Only if you want to throw your money away and create a worse to, problem. But if I take them from my cousin or my sister, <laughs> right. so she has some. She I'm, got an extra Everybody's one. got antibiotics that they, they don't yes, ever take. Throw right? your antibiotics. If yes. you have antibiotics in your, in your cupboard, throw get rid of yeah, no, them away. Antibiotics do not work on any virus. But, Doc, I want to take them to clean my system out nope it nope. doesn't unless you want c diff it doesn't right. work like You'll that what is c diff <laughs> what is c diff what no no no, no. c diff so, c that c them you're funny <laughs> but Dr. the Vegna flu finish. and you know you're talking about your community member i remember everybody's got a story you know when you have the flu so yes. i was in medical yes. school and i was out it was a beautiful like marty it was right around mardi gras and we were out at jean lafitte and it was a beautiful day and all of a sudden i got a shaking chill mm -hmm. my whole body started shaking mm -hmm. and from that moment on, I was laid in bed for two weeks, yep. high fever, couldn't move, felt like somebody was tap dancing on my back with high heels because I ached everywhere and just felt like I, you know, wanted to die. Right. So yeah. that's the flu, right? That's what we see with the flu. Typically a high fever. Mm -hmm. Typically you just cannot move. You cannot do anything. Cold for the most part, you can function. Maybe you don't feel great. Maybe you can't go to work for a couple of days, um, but you don't feel like you're dying. But, right. but doc, go further with that. Uh, there are flu-like illnesses. There, the you know the difference is the same thing. Uh, I missed a Mardi Gras. The same thing. I was in a car, jumped on me like a bear. I woke up two weeks later and didn't care that I missed everything. But you said there are, there there are viruses out there that aren't quite the flu that'll make you sicker. There there are varying degrees of quote unquote. I guess what people call the cold. How can they distinguish between? How do you know it's the the flu? If you well, don't go to an ER, you're not diagnosed. Right. I mean, know? I think that the way that Dr. Avegno described it is perfect because I will oftentimes say, well, first of all, let me just say that uh, that Dr. Avegno went to medical school at some point uh, in, I'm sure, in the very, very near past. <laughs> yeah, easy now. Yeah. <laughs> uh, but still, the fact that we get colds, we get about three or four colds every year, and the one cold that Dr. Avegno remembers is the time that it really knocked her off of her feet for two mm. weeks. And that's typically how I'm able able to gauge if someone had a real flu or not. You know, they'll be like, oh, I had a flu. I'm like, oh, really? You had the flu? What were your symptoms? Oh, I was just, you know, I had uh, uh, sinuses and I had a cough for a couple days, but I never missed work or I never missed going to school. I'm like, mm -mm, that was not the right. flu. Right. The flu is, is, as you described, Dr. Vagno, and the flu is, as you described, Dr. Griggs, it's where it just literally takes you out 
for several weeks and the one thing that you hear more than anything else is the pain and the the body aches and really what that is is that's just a very very profound uh, immune or inflammatory response that's happening in your body as your body's trying to catch up by making antibodies and that's a painful process and I will say this the one thing that I have seen that's unique amongst all people who have survived the flu they are the first ones to get a flu vaccine in the next year oh I've never missed it there you go after, 15, 20 years, prior to prior it. to that, were no, you taking flu? I wasn't, no, I wasn't taking it. Yeah, and that didn't come on my radar, right? So, right. So you said it's an inflammatory reaction, and this is something that needs to be clear. It's a question I get asked all the time. So, Doc, when I have the muscle aches, that's not the flu. There are other things that can elicit that reaction, correct? Yeah, Dr. Vegno. Yeah, I mean, you know, you can have muscle aches from a variety of conditions, but I think the the hallmark of the flu is that it is much more severe, right? It really knocks you out. Whereas, yeah, we all get that, those, you know, our sinuses, this morning my sinuses started acting up and started feeling achy and had to pop my ibuprofen and my Allegra before I came here, you know, but I'm functioning. I'm here, I'm awake, you know, I'm alive, I'm, you know, able to do this. So if, if you're like that, it's not the flu. And, you know, here's the thing. All the treatment, for the most part, is is really supportive care, right? You right. want to make sure you get your rest and your hydration and that, you know, you're eating properly and you're, you know, making sure you're doing everything to keep your body as healthy as it can so it can fight that virus mm-hmm. and fight that flu. Right. Um, you know, and there's over-the-counter stuff that help, but there is no magic pill. So right? Right. taking an antibiotic won't help if I have the flu? Not at all. Is it possible for me to get a bacterial infection while I have the flu? Now, yes, that, that's, this is what makes the flu really serious, right? And what's really interesting about it is that when we, and, and I'm going to let Dr. Derry and his expertise speak more to this, but a lot of times when we get these really bad outbreaks of mm-hmm. flu, the ones that tend to disproportionately affect young people, they're followed by a really serious pneumonia mm-hmm. because the flu weakens your immune system. And then for reasons we don't really understand, some people get this terrible bacterial infection on top of it. So you Yes, we would use antibiotics to treat bacterial infections. Most people don't get that, though. So right. what, what I, I tell folks, and Doc knows, of course, being the infectious disease specialist, but what I tell folks is that your body, it's like a war. And you have your army, your immune system army, distracted, trying to fight off these things that are trying to kill you. But the problem is, if you've watched Game of Thrones, everyone's try, vying for the throne. While you have your back turned, it's like playing chess, the bacteria, there's something that's going to jump in and try to jump on board to take you out while you're distracted and ironically that actually can be treated with antibiotics but it can be confusing yeah i mean so the the typical board question that we usually will set med students or residents up uh is that it's usually staph aureus that causes the pneumonia oh is that that staph that 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 mercer that staph Mercer spider, he's everywhere. Yeah. <laughs> everywhere. It's not, by the way, guys, it's unless you see a spider There's bite no you, spider. there is no spider. Sorry, you scratched yourself. You don't want to admit that you scratched spider. yourself in your sleep or whatever. That exanthem rash? Is that, <laughs> yeah. Are we going back to it now? No. 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 <laughs> so the uh, as y'all were saying, obviously the uh, the influenza itself, and in fact, when you look at the 1918 flu, a majority of the mortality that actually occurred was as a result of pneumonias. Mm -hmm. It was the pneumonias, the post-influenza pneumonias that occurred. And that overwhelmingly is a staph aureus infection. And and as as you said, Dr. Vegan, we don't know exactly know why. We do know 
that the lung uh, after a flu infection is somewhat set up uh, and is somewhat temporarily mm-hmm. altered uh, so that mm-hmm. it's it's able to receive and not fight off a, a, a MRSA or a Staph aureus bacteria. And when you have a uh, Staph pneumonia, that's a real pneumonia. Oh, yeah. Yeah, that is oh, in the that ICU. Is, that, that is, that is yeah. intubated. That yeah. is round the clock, yep. 100% one-on-one needing right. to be watched and monitored by multiple nurses, uh, pulmonary staff, uh, nursing staff, uh, and physicians. Yeah. And, and most often, infectious disease doctors are on board as well right. to monitor. So, so, so what I'm hearing is that the flu can kill you. Yes. Oh, can it You ever. can how die. Many, how many did it kill last year? You remember that number, Dr. Chris? 80,000 people. 80,000 People. In, in the U.S., yes, in the U.S., in and, and sixteen hundred in the state of Louisiana. That's four times the number of people who die from gun violence every I, year, and we get real upset about that, right? Personally, know two or three, um, a couple here in the area. One, yeah. they, they were just they were healthy before, but they right. they took it they took it lightly. It's nothing to take lightly. Now, here's a question. So, again, another corny transition. What so? Is a flu shot going to prevent me from getting the flu? Oh, I got a list of them. Good question. (laughs) So it will give you the most protection that you are going to have, right? And and here's why. So so the flu comes in different strains every year. The flu travels around the globe, right? And it sort of picks up things and it kind of changes itself. Mm -hmm. Some years it looks a whole lot like what it did last year. Mm -hmm. Some years there's a huge difference in what it looks like. Mm -hmm. Well, we can't predict that. We can't read the flu's mind, right? So we have to make the the flu shot based on (laughs) what we do last year. So the good thing is, is that what the flu shot does is it gets your body ready to meet the flu. Yeah. It says, here's a picture of what the flu is going to look like when he comes to your house, mm-hmm, right? Mm-hmm. Look for this guy. Don't mm-hmm. let him in. Hide your cookies. Right. Yeah. Well, maybe, you know, maybe you thought his hair was brown and it was more black and maybe his eyes are green and they're not, you know, blue yeah. or whatever. But your body can still recognize it even if it's not the case. So is it 100%? No, nothing's 100%. But even what we find is if you get the flu shot and you do get exposed to the flu mm-hmm. and you do contract it, it's going to be much milder. So you're ah. not going to feel as bad. So what is this flu shot? So y'all are going to, and this is not me, by the way, but, but so y'all are going to give me the flu. So I have the flu or how does that, what is the flu vaccine? You give me I'm the flu. The infectious disease doctor. Right. Yeah. This is like a homeopathy 101. Right? <laughs> I'm, I'm giving it. To, I'm gonna give it all to you. <laughs> Uh, no, the, uh, the the whole purpose of the flu vaccine is is to stimulate antibodies, right? Mm-hmm. So that is the those are the ingredients that make up the immune system. So to use your analogy, Doctor Griggs, the army those are all your foot soldiers, mm-hmm. right? Mm-hmm. And the cells that actually make those antibodies are called CD four cells, and that may sound familiar because that mm-hmm. now gets mm-hmm. us into the HIV world. Mm-hmm. But the uh, foot soldiers, the antibodies, when you actually when those uh, antibodies are being stamped out. They're being made in preparation to meet the flu. The, the ingredients that go into making those foot soldiers are called cytokines and interleukins. Those are chemicals that the body naturally makes to make antibodies. Those chemicals are, uh, they hurt. 
when you feel them, when they circulate through your body, they produce the equivalent of what we refer to as myalgias or muscle ah, aches. Ah, there it is. Found so it. it's mm-hmm. it's the muscle aches. So yesterday when I when I uh, vaccinated the mayor, mm-hmm. and we vaccinated a handful, about a dozen other city hall uh, individuals that worked in the mayor's office, mm-hmm. I was very clear to tell all of them before I gave them the shot. Tomorrow your arm is going to ache where I gave you the shot, mm-hmm. and you're going to feel a little crummy when you wake up in the morning. Mm-hmm. Take some Tylenol and or ibuprofen and you're going to probably you're going to do okay through the day. So you prep people before Mm -hmm. they get the shot in anticipation that they're going to feel ill, because the reality of the situation is, is if you believe in science and I hope that all of our listeners do, if you believe in science, you have to understand that the flu vaccine does not give you the flu. It is a huge fallacy. It is, it's not correct to think that the flu vaccine Mm -hmm. gives you, because the flu vaccine is made up of small pieces of the flu. To actually get the flu, you have to have the whole flu virus. Mm -hmm. So the analogy that I use is like the flu flu vaccine is basically like a rear view mirror, the front rear or the front passenger tire and a steering column that those are the pieces of the car mm-hmm. that's what you get and i can't if i give you those three pieces of a car and tell you to drive to baton rouge you'd look at me and you'd be like no dude i need the whole car to drive to baton rouge mm-hmm. and you need the whole virus to get sick so what you're actually feeling after you get the flu vaccine is you're feeling the your immune system uh, essentially working if you're tuning in you are listening to whiv this is uh, get fit get check get fit get moving with doc griggs I'm co-host Mark Allendary. With us today is the New Orleans City Health Commissioner, Dr. Avegno. We're talking about the flu vaccine. So what I wanted to, so there's, the, what I want people to see is the imagery. Uh, not that you all, we're all in the room old enough to remember the $6 million man. $6 million yes, woman. Yes, so Steve we're, Austin. So we're building an army <laughs> of $6 million people to go out and fight the flu. Well, you know, in order to build those parts, there are metal parts that need to be assembled and put together. Those parts travel in your bloodstream, the highway of your bloodstream. And as those parts are moving around, they're metal. They're going to scratch. It's not literally metal, but if you can imagine, it's going to cause a little pain as they go around to build your army. And as it causes pain, you will, you'll feel it. But let me just say this. And having been an experienced post flu shot, myalgia person, Mm -hmm. the pain that you feel after getting your flu shot Pales. Oh, yes. It's mild. Pales in comparison to that bear that jumps on you and attacks you from the inside out called the flu. Yeah, it's it's nothing. Yeah, my I got mine like a month ago. And boy, my arm was sore for the next couple of days. But, but I'll I take thought, it. But I'll yeah, you were it, like, right? better this sore exactly. arm than having a, somebody tap dance on my right. back and heels <laughs> yes, for two absolutely. weeks. So, to end this medical school for two weeks must right. have been brutal as right. well. Right. Oh, oh right. man. Yeah. So, yeah. So, 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 Docs, I got another question. I mean, so, so what if you, so if they miss, if they miss and they, they get the, I got the wrong, if I got the wrong flu shot last year. Was there Explain anything what I you mean by later? wrong. What do you mean by the wrong? Well, they told me that I ended up getting the flu anyway, so it, right. so they must have missed. So so it doesn't matter where they where they give it to you, right? It could be in your arm, it could be in your butt, it mm-hmm. could be anywhere. Um, but like I said, you know, we're we're giving you the flu shot. The flu shot is made of the components based on what we knew about the flu last year, mm-hmm. and sometimes it's real close, and sometimes it's not. So it's not the um, wrong flu shot. It's not the wrong flu shot. It's just that it wasn't really well matched. And right now we, we would like, you know, what we would hope that science would get us is what we call a universal flu vaccine. Mm-hmm. So a flu shot that could 
account for any strain of the flu that we could possibly have. You know, there's different combinations if we want to get real nerdy about it. Yeah, let's get nerdy. Let's yeah, do yeah, H's yeah, and N's, yeah, right? Yeah. So there's and tigers and two, bears. Right, <laughs> two different receptors that the flu attacks: an H and an N. And there's, I think. Five different H's and how many N's? No, Three? there's something like five? no, 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 no. There's, <laughs> dozen, the there's dozen on combined. both sides. Right. There's dozens so on both sides. So that you have to have the right combination. You know, the flu is it's like a puzzle. Right. It's different yeah. It's like a, it's like a big Rubik's cube. Exactly. Right. And so it would be great if we had a shot that could cover all the possible combinations. Right. And I know that there's some effort there, there's to work definitely on work that. on this. And it's yeah. actually so while we're in nerdy mode of uh, of get check if they get moving yeah, here. Yeah, yeah. Uh, so uh, we'll the, descend into. We'll, yeah, we'll descend into a little nerdy uh, mode for a quick second. So the uh, the influenza virus is what's called an RNA virus. Mm-hmm. So there's and most people know of DNA, mm-hmm. and human beings live as DNA organisms, but there are some organisms that live as RNA, which is basically the mirror image of DNA. Now, the thing with RNA is that it mutates or it changes very rapidly at mm-hmm. every reproduction. So every time it makes a copy of itself, it makes lots of errors. Now, you may think to yourself, well, that is you know that that's terrible for organisms because that means that there's going to be lots of mistakes but for things like viruses it's actually an evolutionary advantage Mm -hmm. because when there's lots of mistakes that get made it's constantly evading an immune system like ours because we're constantly looking for things that we've seen before the immune system is looking for things that it recognizes and it's unable to recognize things that it doesn't know so if you can imagine these viruses changing their shirt as they go around (laughs) the wall trying to tap for an end or putting a new wig on, yeah. Yeah, or like just, Dr. Vegna said, you expect right. somebody with brown hair, but exactly. somebody with black hair shows up. Right. Going down the fence that's lining your, your immune system wall, going like, look, look, is this it? Is this it? Is this it? Is right. This it? It's constantly changing. Mm-hmm. And right. so what, what Dr. Vegna was essentially saying was we're searching very hard for the one constant, the one thing that an immune system can recognize that is unique amongst all uh, influenza or even cold-like viruses, and we just can't find it because these viruses are so tricky. And it's one of the reasons why we haven't found an HIV vaccine because HIV is obviously also a, a RNA virus. And let me just say real quick that all vaccines to viruses that we have right now are all vaccines to DNA Mm. viruses smallpox the same smallpox virus we were able to eradicate smallpox because it's a dna virus the same virus existed in the egyptian times which is when we suspect that smallpox first emerged Mm -hmm. and the same the last case of smallpox was found in 1976 in somalia that virus genetically was almost completely unchanged when they're able to dig up the mummified remains of egyptians Mm -hmm. and when they find the smallpox virus there and this so we were able to eradicate smallpox because the virus never changed. It was so stable. Didn't have to. But it's these viruses that are so slick, these RNA viruses that are constantly mutating or constantly changing, and that's why we have to have a a flu shot every year. So, Doc, if I get the flu shot early in season now, Mm -hmm. and the news comes out like it did last year, the darn news, uh, and says that it looks like uh, that they miscalculated, that they missed, Mm Do I have to get another flu shot or what what should I do? Because last year I got the flu shot. They said that they missed it. And then they told me I couldn't get another one. I don't know what to do. So, you know, my son just asked me this question. We got our flu shots about a month Smart ago. Man. He said, Mama, I think I need to get it again just to be extra safe. <laughs> ah, I like this kid. Uh, yeah. He's going to Notre Dame. Let's get him on air. That's right. yeah. um, 
But no, so the, the thing is, you know, we've got to produce a lot of flu vaccine, right. right? So we don't really have time in the middle of a season once we say, oh, yeah, it's an H4N1, right, whatever right, right. it is, to go back and say, okay, now we're going to produce exactly the kind that matches. Right. It's just too big of an operation. But again, even if it's not exactly, it is going to give you more than you ever would have had without the flu. Right, and I often shot. say that it's the flu vaccine is like a seatbelt. The seatbelt's right. not going to protect you from dying. Di- it. <laughs> it's not going to protect it. you from dying in a car accident, <laughs> but it's going to really help you. Yeah. And so, even if the flu vaccine was mismatched, which is how we refer to it, it was a mismatched vaccine. Mm-hmm. It's still going to offer protection, and there's a oodles and oodles of data because this is studied every single year. Because right. every year is, there is a it, major oodles, <laughs> like, oh, oodles? <laughs> oodles and oodles, zucchini and noodles of data. Are there zoodles? Yes. The uh, there's there's a lot of data that's available and uh, it constantly shows that people who actually who actually get a flu vaccine mm-hmm. uh, even if it's mismatched farewell and the other thing that we were talking about on your radio program was that if that there is so much data to show this and this is really fascinating this is something that we don't talk about enough Zoodle. is that people who are flu vaccinated mm-hmm. it protects them uh, from a heart attack or a stroke mm-hmm. uh, and has protection for two to three to even some studies show five years later. And the reason is, is that when you have the influenza, you get this big inflammatory response mm-hmm. that we were talking about earlier. Mm-hmm. That process of inflammation is 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 something that's called thrombophilic and mm-hmm. thrombophilic essentially means that it creates clots yeah. and so it's clots that create a heart attack and it's clots that create a stroke and so people who get the influenza vaccine don't get influenza they don't get a thrombophilic event they don't end up having strokes as a, uh, as a result and so the influenza vaccine not only prevents you from getting the flu but it has very strong protective effects later on for a couple years from developing a heart attack or a stroke. So, Dr. Vecnall, I have a question then about, uh, especially if people come to the ER mm-hmm. and they'll ask for Tamiflu. Mm-hmm. Or they, what, what yeah. is, what's yeah. that? I was going to get the ER so, perspective. So, yeah. yeah. Let's, <laughs> I'm going to give you my perspective. Let's dig into the ER. So, Tamiflu and there are some others similar to it or drugs that were developed um, ostensibly to treat the flu, right? Treat, yes. Treat. So, right. Like we would give an antibiotic for a bacterial infection, they thought, well, we can find an antiviral that's going to treat the flu. The problem that, that most <laughs> ER doctors have with Tamiflu is that the evidence mm-hmm. is not great. Oh. Um, the the study that we you know we quote all the time is that it basically shortens your symptoms by a day. Okay, well that you know that's great, but if you're talking about le- being laid out for two weeks, it doesn't doesn't really help, right? right? And it's expensive. It's really expensive. Tamiflu, Tamiflu is. We, even with a copay, if a commercial plan, it's not cheap. And then I'm not really. I'm not even sure if Medicaid covers it or what that copay is as well. So we don't think it's worth it, right? Yeah. And and really, we would rather focus on prevention so that you don't have to come to the so ER. For, for clarity's sake, and I asked that question intentionally, for the last four years, I've had to clarify for folks that Tamiflu is not the flu shot. No. I got the flu. Uh, they said I had the flu. They gave me a shot for my flu shot, and it didn't help. I was still sick. That's not the flu shot. Right. <laughs> that is not the influenza yeah. vaccine. Right. So, wait, so tell me what happened. So, uh, what is a typical encounter with with somebody who has colds versus somebody who has the flu? Sure. And how many colds do you have to go through before you actually see a right. flu? And well, last year it was all flu all the time. Yeah. Right. Or or 
pretty close to it. Did you even stop using the flu? Did you stop testing for oh, flu? Oh, yeah. The, our test actually last year, were, for whatever reason, we weren't getting as many positives as we knew we have. So, the, right. you know, so it wasn't accurate. No. And for us, you know, we know it when we see it. Right. Um, you know, colds, I can see you and diagnose your cold in five minutes and, you know, make sure you have some anti-inflammatories or some nasal spray or whatever, you know, talk to you about warm honey and all that good stuff to make your throat feel better and send you on your way. When you come in with the flu, I still don't have a magic treatment to give you, but a lot of times you have a high fever and you're you're maybe dehydrated because you're not taking in enough liquids and you just sort of look, some people get really nauseous or because they're not eating. Mm -hmm. You really you know, don't look good. And so a lot of times we end up giving you IV fluids and maybe medicine to get your fever down and, um, you know, nausea medicine or whatever we need. And you're staying in the ER a couple of hours. Now, for the most part, most people could do this at home, right? Most people, I mean, you, you have to expect you are going to feel miserable, right? right. Um, but if you got grandma or a neighbor or somebody to come take care of you and make sure you're drinking enough fluids and there's you know there's ways that you can be aware of am i dehydrated you know am i not dehydrated um most of the what we're going to do to you in the er you can do at home so so in the homeopathy in the taking care of at Mm -hmm. home yeah i use your word (laughs) Um, yeah but that was not the way that i meant for the (laughs) word to be used no 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 no, because (laughs) i'm about to use it that way well no you can bring on, bring over all of the the herbs and the teas and all oh the stuff. Oh my gosh! You have tea to be careful. I posted I posted an article today about green tea extract uh, causing liver damage. Yeah, you know, that's because they're weird. concentrating it, um, and it was over in the UK. But if you're gonna come over and take care of someone, you can bring the teas, the mm-hmm. water, and so forth. Leave your antibiotics, your leftover antibiotics. <laughs> yeah, at home. No, this is this no this is Throw abs- them away. this is right. so real. Like you you might not see it in the office they're oh, not going to no. tell you oh we do that you see they'll it. say oh i took my my cousin's penicillin but i didn't get better right Do- dr vegna why is it why do we keep telling people not to take other folks antibiotic especially if you're if you're already immune compromised with with the flu what can taking someone else's uh, antibiotics do you said it earlier well they can you can get a reaction from number one you can have an allergic reaction to antibiotics that's going to make things much worse number two certain kinds of antibiotics will give you a terrible bacterial infection in your gut which Ooh, will cause horrible yeah. diarrhea and make you real sick on right? top of the fl- on top, on of, the top flu? of the flu and then so you're coming you would, in the hospital. right so now you have flu and c diff oh. Oh, that is a miserable. That's <laughs> terrible. That is a miserable. That's yes. like diarrhea twelve times an hour, guys. Right. Doctor, <laughs> Doctor, can you explain what? Yeah, diarrhea twelve times. Now, what is C diff? So C diff is short for what we refer to as Clostridium difficile, and it's a type of bacteria. We refer to it as a gram-positive bacteria. And it's actually normal in your gut. And so what happens is that it lives normally in the guts of human beings, and it just, just kind of sits there and it does its thing. But it really takes effect when other gut bacteria are eliminated. So when are those times that other gut bacteria are eliminated? It's when one of those times that you would use antibiotics inappropriately, for example. So if you were to take somebody else's antibiotics that was not meant for you, uh, you may potentially clear out some of the, some of the gut bacteria that you have 
have endogenously or what you have to live with and that leaves C. diff around and then once C. diff is sitting there by itself in the sandbox it it it, it takes root and uh, and from there we all have stories my grandmother unfortunately mm-hmm. uh, passed as a result of, of C. diff herself mm-hmm. and it's not uncommon to see that especially amongst the elderly so mm-hmm. we have to be very judicious as an infectious disease doctor we you know ID doctors we often joke that we are the antibiotic experts but we probably prescribe the least amount of antibiotics right, 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 of right, all the physicians right, right, right. because we can and, and it's hard because we know the difference between a, a bacterial infection and a uh, and a viral infection and the other thing too is that our patients come to us they're not begging us for antibiotics whereas when the, the patients that go see primary care doctors or I'm sure for Dr. Vegna when people came in I'm sure they were begging you mm-hmm. for Tamiflu and right. what we've seen now is resistance to Tamiflu right. now which was whatever help Tamiflu flu did give us we it's are done seeing, yeah. we are seeing resistance <laughs> to now because of of just simple overuse yeah. and and in the u.s is not even that bad we're about halfway but asia and countries in, in the far east and some countries in yeah. africa as well they just sell antibiotics in right. markets or in the pharmacies just willy-nilly anybody well, can come by and pick them even, up but even in europe though like in you could buy it when i was in spain you can go get you pick what you want right take. yeah, yeah. It, but i, I want to get back to the the er visit um, a lot of people say, listen, I got sick and my doctor didn't do anything for me. I'm, you know what? I feel worse. I'm going to the ER. I went to the ER. They ain't give me nothing either. Right. Uh, th- these, th- these doctors nowadays are hard. Please go back into what, what do you tell yeah. them when they come in? That's because there's nothing to give. <laughs> right. <laughs> right. 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 It's not that. I mean, we know you feel lousy, right? We've we've been there and we see that you feel lousy, but I can give you some real expensive stuff that you could do at home. Um, you know, I can give you a bag of IV fluids and everybody thinks that has some sort of magical healing property. Well, especially if it's it, green. It really doesn't. It's really expensive. <laughs> right. Though. Just the expensive Gatorade. It's expensive, basically. Yeah. Pedialyte. Or right. water. Yeah. You know? So what I do is I sit down with my patients and I say, look, you need to stay hydrated mm-hmm. at home. And, and we don't, that's the thing. We don't have time, especially in the primary care world, to sit down and say, here are the things to keep you out of the ER. Right. So I say, make sure you're drinking mostly water. You can have tea, but don't put a lot of sugar in mm-hmm. it right mm-hmm. that's right. going to dehydrate you everybody thinks they need six power aids a day they don't right. one maybe water it down maybe, right. maybe. <laughs> right. but here's how you know you know you're well hydrated and not to get too crude is when your pee is almost clear you're doing a good job if your pee is dark 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 shiny yellow mm-hmm. if your mouth feels parched and if you can't take anything in by mouth because maybe you're nauseous or you just like feel so bad, then that might be a reason why, okay, you're dehydrated to the point that you're not going to be able to do this at home. Most people don't get to that point. I I, I tell people, can you whistle? Mm. If you can't, if you get to, you can't, you're dehydrated. If you can't do the capillary refill test, Mm -hmm. you can't whistle. I can't whistle. (laughs) (laughs) Um, If you can't, if you, I I teach people the capillary refill test. Um, and I'll and tell people to get, take their pulse. Well, yeah. And the, if the it's pulse? over a hundred uh, and I will actually tell them, lay down, take your pulse, stand mm-hmm. up, take your pulse. Right. And, and it, I find that that is very empowering for people because right. once they realize, oh, I get it. I have to keep my pulse between 15, between laying and standing. Right. Yeah. And so they'll power down water or they'll, they'll mm-hmm. take Gatorade or I'll tell them to go online and, and figure out how to make ORT at home, right. oral rehydration therapy, mm-hmm. which is a lifesaver around the world. Mm-hmm. Then. 
then you know it empowers people it keeps them away right. from the er right. and uh it, it empowers them to be able to do this themselves if you're tuning in you are listening to whiv this is get checked get fit get moving with doc griggs i'm your co-host mark allendary with us is uh, dr jennifer avegno er doctor with lcmc lsu and is now uh the uh new orleans uh, health commissioner so uh dr avegno in that vein meeting people where they are i tell people do you know what color your body's constantly working while you're asleep, which right. means it's constantly giving off water? What helped us go to the bathroom and urinate is gravity as we move around. Well, as we're not moving around, if you wake up in the morning and you see how concentrated and dark your urine is when they wake up, if at any point during the day your urine starts to get that color right. again, just refer to the first pee of the day. And if it starts to darken up again, you drink need to drink some, some water. water. And then we right. step into the other stuff. And you'd be surprised how many people walk up to me and walk like, Doc, my pee is, it's getting, it's not like it was this morning. I'm like, thanks. Dude, <laughs> yeah, that's, you called that one on yourself, <laughs> right. man. Uh, yeah. no, but you, I mean, do you honestly, don't get pissed well, off when they do that to you? No, because again, it's, it's, it's yeah, right. <laughs> that was horrible. The thing is, it's again, meeting people where they, right. they, they, they are. And understanding that their level of understanding, the, for whatever reason, patients think that we're trying to keep something from them. Right. And I just pull no. off the, no, the, we don't get right. paid for every antibiotic. We don't get nope. paid by saving it. We're not saving all the antibiotics for, nope. for our friends. I don't uh, have any in my house. <laughs> right. <laughs> yeah. Well, and the other thing about coming to the ER, it's not that we don't want to take care of you. We love taking care of everybody. But what happens when we have folk that, um, could be taking care of themselves at home and that we don't really have much to offer, especially last year, we were overrun by those people. So right. what happened was right. is that the guys with the heart attacks and the, you know, strokes and the appendicitis, the, they were the, waiting in the, the waiting the real room, medical right? There was no room for them. Right. And, you know, th- we got it was so bad last year i was taking calls from hospitals four hours away who needed to uh who needed to transfer their sick 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 patients and we had no beds no room in the inn and there was no room in any icu in the state of louisiana in the state for at least a week yeah right and that's scary and as an infectious disease doctor it was unbelievable the amount of flu that had hit my my radar as well just making rounds at the hospital before we we move on i just want to say one thing uh, chicken soup it really does yeah, have a right yes. and it's not the chicken Absolutely. soup because no. for vegetarians like myself <laughs> yeah. who don't eat chicken right. yeah. it's that the, the broth itself has broth. salt in it and salt. then where there's where there's and salt there's water, water always follows so right so chicken soups actually or any of the soups are actually quite good in mm-hmm. these instances because of the salt that's in there and wherever salt goes water will follow but but but, but there's even more there's studies uh, with that that show what the chicken soup does besides the water and the salt is it actually slows you down people associate chicken soup with being sick so they know you know what i gotta go home and eat some, eat some mm-hmm. soup go, which means rest. i'm gonna rest right which yeah. is what we won't do we work yeah. too hard i want to do a head-to-head study of chicken soup versus pho that is what i want when i yes. when i am sick i want a big old bowl <laughs> of pho I do, I do. So said I, like a true norlinian yes. i don't care what kind it is no i, I want tofu magic. i do veggie veggie pho with chicken broth yeah extra vegetables no chicken, chicken broth oh, this is a vegetarian magic. all right dr avegno what what are we going to be doing from a city's perspective yeah, we so have a few minutes left so great. what can what can we so, talk about 
you know, again, the mayor getting vaccinated yesterday was fantastic because she's not just protecting herself. She's protecting her whole family and every one of us that works at City Hall. Explain right? what that means. When so, you get vaccinated, you protect other people. Right. So if you are not getting the flu, then you're not giving it to your 80-year-old neighbor, to your cousin who just had that baby. Or your newborn. Or your newborn, yeah, right. right? So what I tell people is like, if you don't care about yourself, that's your prerogative. But do you care about Miss Mary who lives right. next door? Do you care about your mama? Do you right. care about your two-year-old, right? And if you do, get it for them. So then using that logic, do you recommend healthcare workers getting vaccinated? Oh, 100%. Well, we was, have to, yeah, right? Yeah. 100%. Yeah, I don't get it when my colleagues, right. you know, have it a, is, it's, it's stunning, crazy. isn't it? It's stunning. Right. What else do you do as healthcare worker? What do we do to protect ourselves? How the how do the healthcare workers keep from getting sick? We wash our hands a million times. Oh, there we, we go. Wash our hands. <laughs> we try to use sterile technique whenever we can and mm -hmm. it's hard right we get busy but it's no different again my 16 year old he hates the flu more than anything yeah, else because yeah. he did get it did one he get year. it really yep. he did All yeah it, and it was miserable and, and he remembers um, so huh? he like washes his hands whenever he sees somebody coughing in church he like looks at him and <laughs> so gives him a stare what's interesting is in other countries people will actually wear a mask <laughs> right. in public we don't do that here. right you know Leanna, Leanna, Leanna just got back from the far east and she and she brought back a bunch of different masks for yeah. me just to show me but like it is so it is so part of the of the right. psyche there and it only happened after SARS and uh, and avian influenza it's not like that is politeness yeah right? it's mm -hmm. it's a level if you yeah. have a cold and you are walking around without a mask on it is seen as like right. <gasps> how dare you right whereas here what do we do we come to work right we die at our desks and we give it to everybody else who's oh, around them because, because right. we're not you know it's not valued that you would take the day off and we don't want right. to be seen as weak right right yeah. exactly so what other where can people find information yes. about what uh what's going on well, with the flu and the whole well we well we want to talk about some of the flu vaccination efforts that we're having right so you can go to any pharmacy and get your flu shot if you have insurance, right? right? Which right. is great. But we know there's a lot of folk who don't. And also we know that, you know, maybe it's not on your radar to get to the pharmacy. Maybe you don't want to make a special trip. So we, and actually you gentlemen, are leading the charge in this. We've got two big events coming up if people want to come out. Number one is November 10th at Joe Brown Park. Um, believe it's going to be in the morning. I'm sorry I didn't bring my my times we're going to have a flu vaccination uh fair anybody anywhere can show up for free this is the state department of health that's mm -hmm. putting this on awesome. and get their flu vaccine so if you're at joe brown because you're going to a basketball game or you got some activities come on by if you live in the east if you you know want to come out and see what's going on and then even more exciting yeah yeah go ahead eric go ahead. No, i'll let you go it's just your events because well, november 25th <laughs> right november 25th at lafayette square uh the three of us that are sitting in this room actually this mm -hmm. is a, a city health department uh, uh event that uh, dr griggs and i are planning which is a very large music event that's going to be happening at lafayette Dope. square Dope. on november 25th uh we're in the we're in the planning processes right now once it's the plants start to firm up uh, you'll be hearing more about this but our goal is to vaccinate a thousand people that weekend that are going to be here uh in town not only for the bayou classic Saints uh, game. Uh, but yeah the the idea is to provide opportunities for people to see live music eat good food and then go and get uh, vaccinated the but flu it's, vaccine it's, will be offered free it's of not charge. required 
It's not required, but it will be offered free of charge. And we're going to be having at every entrance of Lafayette Square, there will be opportunities for people to get vaccinated for flu. And our goal is to try to make the lines there as as small as possible so that people can go and enjoy the artwork and the the music as well as the food. Yeah. So so we're going to meet you where you are with music. Food. It's going to be fun. Explain explain that idea of, of not leading with science, but leading with culture. So here's the thing. So in order to in order to affect change in the community, you have to give people what they want. You have to listen to the community. If I give you what you want, that means I'm actually listening. If I walked in dehydrated, mouth dry, sunken in, sweat all over you, both of you are going to say uh, Greg's is dehydrated. Yes. But if I say, can I have an apple? Can I have just something to eat? And you don't give it to me? You tell me, Griggs, you need water. I'm going to give you an IV. No, you're not. And I'm going to walk away. It's respect for the community. People want to feel good. They want to feel good about themselves. Ask them what they want, and they'll listen to what they need. They want music. They want food. They also want to be ed- educated at their level. We can come in talking H1 and 5, herd immunity, <laughs> and all that other stuff, as opposed to your, your great, 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 great grand uncle died of the flu. That's why you don't know him. Get your flu shot. I mean, right. and here's some music to go with it. You know what I mean? So we're putting, we're putting your health in the hands of the community, meeting people where they are, and we're actually listening. We're going to enjoy our music too, right? Right. We're going to enjoy the music. We're going to enjoy the weekend. And the idea is that uh, if you roll up your sleeves and and, uh, and get a vaccine for flu, in return, we're going to offer some really great culture and uh, and enjoy the experience and have fun while doing it. You're going to get checked. (laughs) You're going to get fit. And then we're going to get the music to make you move. (laughs) That is uh, the best way to kind of roll things around. There you go. There you go. So this is what we like to do on Get Check It Fit. We get moving. We want to talk about health. We want to talk about community affairs. We want to bring you people that are authorities. I pride myself in being a community medicine doctor. We're surrounding myself with really smart people. Um, so you'll hear a lot of smart people and you'll hear a lot of times I want to make sure that people hear your voice. The questions that I get asked walk in the street, you'll get answered right here. And at some point, we'll figure out how to get you to call in to ask those questions. Oh, so it's not, yeah, it's no not question is a bad question. There's no such right? thing. As That's a, not we've been asked every question. <laughs> yeah. Real so. quick, am I helping myself or hurting myself with a hand sanitizer or should I use a soap? What should I do? Yeah, there's a lot of debate now about hand sanitizer and what's in it and whether that's good or not. You know, there, in my mind, there's no substitute for good old-fashioned soap and water. And a lot of what helps is the, the, friction, the friction, the rubbing, the getting this bacteria <laughs> off. Um, so, you know, the way I look at it is I, I have I don't I'm not that obsessive hand sanitizer carrying person. Um, I have it in places <laughs> where uh-oh, I have it in places where I know I'm not going to have get soap, to and water. soap and water and, you know, like my car or something like that. But when I have the opportunity to use soap oh, and water. Hang on a second. Just, I just watch. Oh, look at oh, that. Okay. Yeah, you got to share the love, man. It's like yawning. <laughs> so what are, what are we doing right it's now? mirror what neurons. We're, yeah. we're creating friction. <laughs> so they were talking about hand sanitizer. I pulled out my hand yes. sanitizer because I am that obsessive person. dry hands, though. That's the problem. Well, <laughs> uh, yes. Uh, there, there are the... The one that I will use, I'm a dude, so I don't care <laughs> right. about trying. Yeah, right. <laughs> oh, here we go. Ladies like to have nice hands, though. So if if I'm not in health, how many times in doc? I mean, please chime in. How, how many times should I be washing my hands to protect Oof. myself during this season? Well, before or after eating, right? Um, before hand, before and after handling food. Yep. 
you know, before and after, like certainly if you're taking care of young children or yep. the elderly before and after doing that. Mm-hmm. I mean, you don't have to be obsessive about it, right? But this anytime, is where like, Dr. Vagno and I, uh, yeah, uh, see, that, this is the <laughs> have ER different doc. opinions. Like, you know, if I'm playing <laughs> right. with my dog, I want to wash my hands after that. Sure. More than right. just a little quick little. Yeah, no, but again, you got to do it. At least, right. You anytime you touch or, your face, anytime yeah. you touch your nose, right. you touch your mouth, uh, right. obviously. And just to be very clear, um, the, the spider bites that we were talking about earlier, yeah, yeah, yeah. the reason why those exist is that people when they're sleeping will will touch their nose when they're sleeping and then they end up scratching themselves mm-hmm. and they are basically taking the staph that lives in their nose, the staph aureus germ, and they transfer it to their legs or they'll transfer right. it to their arms and then they think they got a spider bite. So touch anytime you touch your nose, yes. that is a place where germs live, yes. okay? Staff, staff, you staff. have to wash your hands afterwards. Yes. And then of course it goes without being said after you use the restroom, please yes. I didn't even for mention the that love <laughs> of all things humanity. Right. Do not think that Teenage your boys your junk to you. right. <laughs> Do not think that your junk is special junk and that is not subject no. to bad germs. Doc, you got a please. special sign in the bathroom <laughs> that says if employees are not present, please wash your own hands. <laughs> wash your hands, wash yes. your hands, wash your hands. The thing about your nose, remember that the purpose of hair is to be a filter. All the stuff we breathe in, all the other people's bugs, things we walk into, it's going to catch it right there in your nose and if you trap put, it. put it trap it in your nose if you put your fingers and play yeah. it it can spread it's oh, yeah it's tigers and bears oh my as we start wrapping up, I just want to remind you guys, uh, this is uh, 102.3 WHIV. Please uh, consider donating at whivfm.org. We have two uh, uh, events coming up, one by Norley. Uh, the New Orleans Regional Leadership Institute will have a fusion conference this December 1st in downtown New Orleans. More information can be found at norleyfusion.com. And we are also uh, sponsored uh, by the New Orleans Jazz Museum. They do have an event called Drumsville Evolution of the New Orleans Beat kicking off uh, on a Thursday, November 8th. It's free and open to the public. More information about that can be found at nolajazzmuseum.org. Dr. Vegno, thank you so much for taking time out of your busy day to wash your hands with us. Uh, we appreciate <laughs> <Yes>. that. Eric? <laughs> yeah, 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 yeah. The prescription for the week, of course, is get your flu shot and wash your hands. Get yes. checked, get fit, get moving. See you guys. We'll see you next week. Thanks, Dr. Thanks, Vegno. Thanks, y'all. Thanks, y'all.